Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Muslim Moms Podcast with Nabiha and Warda. We are two sisters with 10 kids between us, sharing our experiences about motherhood, relationships, and striving to build happy Muslim families. Let's get cracking. Today's question is, do your kids fight? Yes, actually, my kids do fight daily, often. (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of them and they fight constantly. (laughs) It's not something that just happens once in a while. It happens a lot of times because, frankly, there's so many of them and they just, they get into disagreements, conflicts, and issues occur often. What about you? Yep. My kids fight. I think fighting is human nature. It's part of having conflict and disagreements is, is natural, normal, and it also helps us to learn. So I don't think I would want a home where there's <laughs> complete harmony all the time. That might get a little boring. Um, but of course, there is good fighting, bad fighting, and ugly fighting. <laughs> and so <laughs> all types of fighting. So therefore, um, I think fighting can be really, really helpful. And it can be really, really detrimental to the family's peace and the dynamic of the family setting. Um, So I'm really glad we're talking about this today because I know there are some people out there that really, really struggle with this. And it would be nice to share some of the things that have worked for us and the tools we've used. And also just to say, hey, we're in it too. (laughs) We're also (laughs) trying to navigate some of these big feelings that kids have. and, And it can get really crazy. And it's perfectly normal for kids to fight. That's how they resolve conflict. That's how they get to grow and understand each other's opinions and what's going on within them. So it's normal. They should be having some sort of disagreement. But again, we have to show them, I think, how they can get to the other side or solve the problem or come to some sort of resolution in which people are not hurt physically or they're being called names or emotionally being hurt in that sense. So it's a hard thing to manage. And I know for me, my children, because they're such different age ranges, I find that the kids who are closest in ages, they tend to fight the most because they're the ones who are playing together often. So I give you an example for my daughter. She's five. Her three-year-old brother, they play all the time together. And Often because he has this little store thing set up with grocery store and they, they have, they play with it all the time. But inevitably something happens. Someone didn't do something past them, whatever it needed to be. And I see him turn into this like little monster in the way he deals with it. And he turns into this kind of, uh, rage, I want to say in a sense, because for a little kid, it's, it's serious and he'll just start hitting her. And I have had to pull them apart in that way because that's unacceptable. That's not okay. And separation is always like the first step in which what I do whenever there's any kind of issue, but it can get ugly. And those are things that a lot of moms don't talk about it, but you've seen it. If you've been with kids in your household, you've seen it. And sometimes it does get physical, but we have to know how to navigate that. And sometimes we're just so overwhelmed by it and shocked that we don't know what to do. Yeah. And I think. Like many things, prevention is one of the best ways to deal with fighting. And what I mean by that is setting up the expectation in the home from day one that there are certain rules that we just don't cross, certain boundaries, certain 
expectations, like for example, physical hitting or abuse or destroying things just because we're getting upset. Like these are like certain pillars um, in our home. And I think that many people can agree that we just, those are non-negotiable things. Um, and so setting that expectation from the get allows for you to now have that frame of reference when these things occur, because uh, a lot of times children will fight due to what they would interpret as lack of being fair, you know, like the whole fairness issue. And and that's really where I think as a parent, you can get caught up into a whole full-fledged court trial, trying to figure out who did what to who and get all the evidence and the witnesses. And honestly, it's a waste of everybody's time to try to figure out because a lot of times it's just hurt feelings. And it's just emotions. And like you mentioned, you know, your toddler, like that's a very visceral reaction of what he's having. It's not something logical. It's not something really that he might be able to explain. Um, and we all have those moments. I've had visceral reactions as an adult where I'm yeah. just like, seriously, like, you know, you just lose it sometimes. And I'm not saying that's okay. It's definitely not okay. But we do have those moments. And it, it's just like a, a realization like, okay, take a breath, like you mentioned separation <laughs> take a moment collect yeah. yourself because those reactions should be um limited because they do cause a lot of damage they really can yeah it really does and it can also carry over to other children as well because i see some of my other children my boys for example who are quite the same age they're about two years apart but the two of them play all the time together and once in a while very rarely i see the interaction get a little bit Heated, and they don't bring it to me. I just watch it from afar. And the two of them, they're much older than the three-year-old and five-year-old, but they sit together and they, if one person has a disagreement, I'll see my other son go in the corner, cry, take his stuff away. And then two minutes later, I'll turn back over and they're playing again. So yeah. they, amongst themselves, because they're a little bit older, they have a little bit more sense and logic and understanding and they know at the end of the day that's the person they want to play with so they have to <laughs> fix it they can't just leave and be gone so they kind of worked out their own system in which when one person gets hurt and they have an issue they separate for a quick minute and then i turn back around and once again they're playing so i think it can be done where kids can figure out the solutions of how to problem solve and create that those tactics but like you mentioned in the beginning we do have to set those ground rules and be able to teach our kids how to problem solve, how to fix the disagreements they have. Because, I mean, could you believe if your child goes to school and this is their reaction of just wanting to gouge someone's eyes out or hurt someone physically, they'd end up in so much trouble. So we really need to start at home and teaching them and making them aware of what they can do when these disagreements occur. Yeah, I mean, uh, I heard one parenting expert mention that siblings give children a chance to kind of have a test run. And so that's why we might see our children getting into it a little bit more than they would, let's say with the neighbors or with friends at school. And they're like, they're not like this in school at all. But really, it's because you have that understanding at the end of the day, you got to figure it out. Like they ain't going anywhere. They're going to be in your bedroom with you. They're going to be back at the dinner table. And so it allows them to figure out what works and what doesn't work when it comes to social relationships and dynamics and almost testing boundaries like, oh, let me see what happens if I do this or if I take her toy away. Um, and then like, you know, people who are fortunate, like yourself, myself, your children who have 
multiple siblings, you know, to learn this whole group dynamic and test run, if you will, on many personality types. It's a lot of experimentation. They learn boundaries. They learn compromise. They learn what it means to advocate for your needs. If you're a child in a family and let's say you're in the middle, maybe you have to speak up sometimes because you're you're not getting what you need. Um, and also siblings help us to deal with disappointment because if you don't get what you want, um, sometimes with gameplay, I mean, I personally am a huge advocate for board games and games in general in terms of like the development of our personalities and our social skills. And games really teach you humility <laughs> because when you lose, you got to figure out how to deal with those feelings as well as compassion. If you're someone who's really, really good and you always win and you're like amazing at games, you learn how to be like, all right, like maybe I should ease up on my sibling. They're just trying their best. You know? <laughs> Give <laughs> them so, a chance. <laughs> right. Both sides of that. And, and so like I was thinking about all the benefits that people who have that sibling um, dynamic, like it might look very messy from the outside. Like, man, they're really aggressive, really assertive. They're really direct, but it's, it's just like a breeding ground for learning, you know, where they get to pull and dissect these different skills. And, you know, I was talking to my friend the other day and, uh, we were texting and she was telling me about her twins because she has two boys that are about, I believe they're like eight years old now. And some of the issues that she might face because they are twins that are different than if they were not. And one of them she mentioned was fighting and being as a parent, being fair and equal is kind of hard because they're the same age. They have similar things that they're interested in and trying to create their own individuality between that and having them explore their own needs and what they're interested in without necessarily comparing them. So one of the things she did, and I'll just mention this as a kind of a side note, was that she put them in actually in separate classrooms mm. so that they were able to explore that individuality on their own and not be judged or compared to their twin when they're in different classrooms, different friends, different projects, different activities, and they got a chance to just be themselves and come in their own because they didn't have that sibling there that is constantly with them. Can you imagine if your kids were now at home all the time and then they go to school and they're in the same classroom with their sibling too. If you just came back from a fight or an argument, it might be complicated and just lead to a lot of bad feelings. So I think that was a really great idea on her part in separating her twins. I love that you shared that because twins, I'm, I'm sure they have a whole onset of like different conflicts, different issues that they have to consider as a parent of multiples in general, um, how you are raising them to deal with conflict amongst, you know, their, their fellow twin. And, you know, thinking about different scenarios, another example of a unique family uh, setup is an only child where there's only one child. And I think about how do these children get access to these various um, skills? And I imagine they probably get these lessons from school and from friends and neighbors and cousins. And when they do have circles of other children that they are given a chance to interact with, those children become their sort of adopted siblings and they have an opportunity to now engage in the same exact sort of dealings with those children. And so it is a little bit, I think, more uh, scary, I think, for parents because it's not your sibling. So if the two kids fight, it's like, oh, my gosh, don't fight with your cousin or don't fight with your friend. Because we as as adults looking outside, you know, we view fighting and conflict as something very negative. And sometimes it can be, and sometimes it could just be, you know, they're just working it out. And so you got to gauge that 
based on that dynamic um, and, and what's occurring. But a lot of times they need that. They need that engagement. So, um, you know, because they're not getting that with other peers in their home. Yeah. So I imagine like it, it must be very interesting, you know, for those parents who, who do have that only child. And also, I wanted to ask you, because we've talked about the kind of approach we take in logically on top of it. But what about the day to day, the nitty gritty? So what would you say if two of your kids are in the corner and then all of a sudden a fight breaks out? What is your go to move or how do you deal with that situation? I honestly just be a fly on the wall. I'll I'll just listen because th- with in a layman's term, like that's their business. You know, they're going to have that issue because I know that we generally have not um, allowed fighting to escalate where I know there's going to be a danger. Like I don't have any vision that someone's going to grab a weapon or do anything like that. So I know that they're safe. Only thing that's in danger is feelings being hurt. So I just remain a fly on the wall and I just kind of like vigilantly listen and continue along my way. And if it becomes an issue where I feel like it's escalating and it requires me to intervene, one of them will either come to me and ask that's me what to I was going to ask you. Don't they come to <laughs> and you? So if they come the to me thing. and ask me to intervene, I personally like to give options and I try to make the options undesirable, which encourages them to figure it out themselves. So I try to say, like, let's say, for example, they're fighting over watching a show, you know, like they both felt like it's their turn, you know, to, to watch a show. That's a very simple conflict. We could say, I'll say, well, the options are take off the show completely. Or um, watch a show that none of you like. <laughs> and so uh, like watch a show that I like, you know, like a documentary or something. So I try to create two very undesirable options for them so that they'll look at each other and be like, all right, you know, let, let's agree on this third one. Like, <laughs> let's just figure it out because she ain't helping us out. You know, um, And of course, you know, it kind of comes and goes like I'm not always that cool and quick on my feet. You know, sometimes I do say, like, let the little one have what he wants. Stop it. Seriously, like grow up, grow, you know, or I'll tell the little one, like, he's the one, you know, the big kid. You have to listen to him. That's your older brother. Show him respect. So I will favor one from time to time. But honestly, I try very hard not to because then they'll constantly come to you to solve their problems. And I just am not, I'm not invested like that. Like, I don't want to be spending my whole day problem solving whose Lego got broken and, you know, whatever the issue is. It's always something ridiculous. (laughs) It's always something so ridiculous that you're like, come on, guys. It will be very, very petty. And honestly, underneath these petty conflicts are deeper emotions, like things like, I want to be seen or I feel like I'm being taken advantage of like these really important big ideas. And so a lot of times if that happens, like if you find your kids really getting nitty gritty, fighting, 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 maybe it does take a moment for you to pause and say, is this child really has some deeper emotional thing that they're going through that I need to work with? Because I feel like if they're emotionally okay, I think kind of dissipates. Like it becomes really minor and really quickly resolved and they're able to just like be comfortable. Um, and, and depending on your life stage, like if you're having a lot of stress in that point in your life, that can also factor into the fighting. Yeah. And I find that kids often fight about things like my, okay. So like your siblings in general, they know you in and out. So they know what buttons to push. And so I often see my older kids sometimes with the little ones, they know exactly what to do to make them cry or make them upset by something. 
So they know how to push your buttons, which can be very annoying. And I know that because I was an annoying kid. You know that. <laughs> I used to bother you and my brother often. Not on purpose, but it was just something that was so funny to do to me. And now, I mean, I don't know. A lot has ways in which he works because I remember my mom distinctly saying, I'm making dua for you to get a kid just like ah! you. Oh, no. <laughs> and my son is exactly like me. When I look at him, I see myself and how I was at that age, which, I mean, it wasn't the greatest sometimes. I was very, very troublesome in the sense of I found it funny to make other people doing these things that, that were not encouraging. So now that I have a son like that, I see it. And I'm like, first of all, I'm sorry publicly <laughs> for all that I did to you and, and our siblings. But in, forgiven. Yes. In that regard. I see how, what it is for him. So I would have to sometimes pull him aside and be like, I know what you're doing. I've been there. I know what you're doing. Come on. And try to refocus his attention to do something more productive that will not cause such hurt amongst the other siblings. So it's, it's, you can see siblings, how they can poke each other and know exactly what to say or do to cause the other one to get an uproar. You know, I, I'm really glad you brought that up. And I think that kind of, lends to the whole maybe conversation that can be have had about older fighting, older sibling fighting versus younger sibling fighting. And in many ways, the younger sibling fighting is a lot more simple and streamlined because kids, you know, their needs are met, give them a snack, help them out, you know, just kiss their knees, whatever, you know, yeah. they feel better. Band-aids will solve a lot. <laughs> band-aids. My kids are covered in band-aids. Oh, band-aids and hugs, the best yes. thing. But hugs. When it comes to the older children, you know, we're talking about seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, upwards, you know, that kind of fighting can become vicious. And and it's because it becomes a little bit more nuanced. And so, like you mentioned, where the children uh know where what to say to get that dig in. And that dig will will stick beyond the I'm sorry, you know? And that's when it becomes like, you know, as a parent, really, really concerning because one, you don't want to raise a child that, you know, is mean, you know, intentionally trying to be mean, but then also you don't want to label your children and you want them to have the ability to have thick skin. And so some kids are very sensitive, you know, everything bothers them and they are hurt by everything. I was a very sensitive child, so I can relate to that. Um, but these things can become triggers for them as they grow. If it's not, if, if it's not dealt with in a healthy way, like I know I have as an adult, some triggers where if I see certain manipulate, manipulative type of behaviors, like I just go in on that. I, it like really, really bothers me if I see a child doing that because I feel like there's just so much pain that can come from that. Um, and so when it comes to older sibling fighting, you know, the, the subtle, the subtle fighting, like the little subtle little digs, I think that can be very uh, harmful. And one of the ways to remedy that, like you were mentioning, is just like having those conversations because at that point, they have their own brain, their own ability to function. Like we can't regulate them, you know, what they, what they choose to do. We only have a certain degree of control over them. So we really have to just continue that parenting conversations. And it kind of takes a different form than just a hug. You know, it, it requires much more um, effort, I think, in, in building that relationship with your child. Yeah. And of course we need to have our children be aware of, when they can figure out their own solutions and their problems and issues within each other. We want them to be able to have that problem solving ability and, and do it, but then you don't want them to be that mean person. And sometimes it may be that they don't realize they're doing it. 
that mm-hmm. they someone got punished right. and they're just like, oh, we're going to go swimming, but you can't come swim. Like <laughs> they know how to throw in that. So sometimes they're just doing it without even realizing it. So having that conversation that sit down and be like, OK, how did you feel? What did that make you feel when you heard this person saying it? And I think kids, they will tell you even at the youngest stage of what's going on if you ask them she did this to me or this person did that. And you can kind of read in with the situation. But like you said, I don't want to spend my whole day solving their fights and their issues. So I think there's uh, a lot to be said about just being that fly on the wall, unless it becomes in the beginning, we said something of a detriment, physical violence or something that is extremely harmful to them. But having that where you can kind of teach them, okay, you need to solve your problems. You guys can do this on your own. You know how to do it. It, it can go a long way in kind of keeping the peace within your home. Yeah. And and I think with this conversation, like many things in parenting, it really does start with us as, as annoying as it is. It starts oh, yeah. with us because I find it very hard. Like it's not very often I've come across such a sweet, kind parent who talks so softly and lovingly to their child. And then they have this like disgusting, nasty child that's like, yelling at everyone, you know, like that dynamic is very rare. So often if you be a person who is an example of, okay, I messed up, I was wrong, and you're quick to apologize, and you speak in just a nice, friendly way, and you make that the the standard of how we speak to each other in the home, we're respectful, words matter, words are important, angels are on our shoulders, writing down our words, like we, we make a conscious effort of Having that terbia, that training of this is the way that a Muslim family speaks to each other, that gives them an opportunity to align with that easier um, because the example of the nastiness is probably coming from a TV show, a person outside that they might have seen. And so now they have to make this decision of where I'm going to fall with my training from my family or from this other person that I've seen. And, and, you know, that, that is a real struggle that we face, you know, in, in the modern age, um, sort of holding on to your child because they have all these influences. Um, but, you know, we do have power, a lot more power, I think, than we realize of uh, fostering that tedvia, that training. And a lot of times that might take an extreme measure of going out in the woods for a week and saying, we're going to sit here and be a family. <laughs> Every <laughs> moment of the day, we're going to spend time together. Because I recall us growing up, I like, yes, you did mention how when we were younger, you know, you had your little moments and stuff. But like, as we grew up, we had so much fun together. Yeah. And as siblings, we were never nasty. We loved each other. We had so much fun together. Like we were genuine friends. And I think that came from road trips and from hanging out and like conversations after dinner and late nights, eating snacks and going out and getting fast food and just kicking it. Like those moments matter. Like that is the stuff that you take with you and you grow up and you, I look at these sitcoms and these kids, siblings being nasty to each other. And I'm like, I don't recall having that dynamic. Like we were never that kind of way. Um, And so, yeah, this is definitely a great opportunity for us to think about these things. I've often heard people say that parents should not fight in front of their kids. They should not have disagreements or arguments or have any kind of conflict with your spouse in front of your children. But I would see the opposite of that. I often see that 
when you think about it, if your kids never see any arguments or any, and I'm talking about arguments that are minor, disagreements and conflict that are not huge all out fights. I'm talking about the daily, just disagreements and, and in what you may think or issues that may arise. So if your child never sees that, they never see you and your husband disagree, then they won't know that this is okay, how you'll solve it. And oftentimes if you do have a, a conflict, the solving gets done behind closed doors, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. So the two of you make up and you have your own thing and the kids don't see how it's solved. So sometimes intentionally, if you can, have a disagreement or have a discussion, let's say, in a calm, neutral voice, but working out an issue where they can see, wow, they have some sort of thing going on. And then you sit down, talk about it in a way that they can see, wow, we're solving the problem, hug it out and move on. And then everything is okay two minutes later so that they can see, wow, there's there was a conflict. Our parents were upset with each other. They had something that they didn't like and they talked about it. And they made it better. They hugged and they moved on with the day so that it's not something foreign to them where they think, oh, we can't argue in public. We can't disagree. We can't have any kind of issues. We have to do that quietly behind closed doors. And honestly, it's not practical. <laughs> there are <laughs> things that occur and you just want to deal with it. It does not everything has to have a full blown to our conversation. It's a, yeah. you did this. Why? Why'd you do that? Okay. Don't do that again. Okay. Please. That, that makes me feel this way. All right. No problem. Got it. Moving on. So I think showing the example to your kids and how you resolve conflict and how you deal with issues that occur is important for them to really witness that and take that in too. I like that. And we do actually cover an episode this season about if you and your spouse disagree on parenting. So if that's something that you find interesting, definitely check out that episode. Um, but I do love that. I love that. And it happens all the time. I mean, if you're going anywhere strange and you're using a map, forget it. Parents can fight, you know? Um, why are you taking this direction? Go the other way. So, and I, I, what I like about that, it shows that not all fighting has to be this deep personal thing. Sometimes you just nip it in the bud, like, no. I didn't like that. Don't do that again. Go on. You know, like this quick, like, okay, I get it. You know, message sent, received. Um, But then, you know, there are other times where conflicts can run really deep and we deal with those appropriately. And so it is something really, uh, a a really big conversation um, to have here about how we deal with um, conflict and fighting of children. But I think we're going to need to wrap up right now. So let's go ahead and talk about what's next. All right. So my what's next is to sit down with your children and have a conversation on what will be your role the next time they get into a disagreement. Let them know up front what your game plan is and when everyone is sitting down and calm so that the next time any kind of fight or disagreement occurs, you'll be ready to put your plan into motion. For my what's next, I have invite your children and your entire family to create a family agreements list of things that you value. For example, in this family, we help or in this family, we never hurt with words or hands. Uh, Based on the age of your children, try to update this periodically, but it allows for you to create a understanding of what is okay and what will not be okay. Use this as a basis to navigate all of those family fights. All right. Well, thanks for listening. And as always, be good to yourself. To support this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. For feedback, topic ideas, or just to continue the conversation, email us at muslimmomspodcast at gmail.com. Assalamu alaikum.